Welcome to EarthWise, Reflections on Earth-Based Spirituality. I'm Anu Dudley with a piece about the chickadee. As the light increases in February, the chickadees begin their territorial calls. The buzzing chickadee-dee-dee and the clear see-dee-see-dee-dee that convey to us the message that spring is not far off. The chickadees have been around all winter. You might notice one hanging upside down from a tree branch, pecking at insects hiding in the crevices of the bark. But we are more likely to notice them in their small flocks as they make the rounds of the bird feeders. Sociable and bold, chickadees are usually the first to notice that a bird feeder has been refilled and to signal to the shire birds, like woodpeckers and nuthatches, that there is suet and sunflower seed to be had. One morning I went out to refill the bird feeder, carrying a coffee can filled with sunflower seeds. I noticed two chickadees perched on the grape arbor. As I reached out to remove the top of the feeder, one of the chickadees flew to my hand and perched on my finger. It peered at me for a moment, <clears throat> grabbed a seed from the can, and flew back to the grape arbor. Then the second chickadee did the same thing, making that soft, quick beating sound with its wings. The sensations of their warm claws grasping my finger and their black eyes studying me I will long remember and cherish as the touch of wildness connecting me to something much greater than myself. For a bird so common in our region, <clears throat> it is surprising that we have so little in the way of chickadee folklore. But many Native American peoples hold the chickadee in high esteem as the possessor of power and wisdom far beyond its small size. Some of their stories were collected by ethno-historian Frank Linderman in his book Pretty Shield, about a medicine woman of the Crow Nation. The medicine woman, Pretty Shield, related that in the fall, when leaves were being beginning to turn, the chickadee possessed just one tongue. But with each succeeding moon through the fall and winter, the chickadee grew another tongue, so that by the time it began to sing its spring mating call, it had seven tongues. This would account for the rich, buzzing undertones of the chickadee-dee call. By the end of the spring, the chickadee's tongue had become one again. Linderman related that the crow people would catch a chickadee and gently examine its tongue during the winter to tell how much longer it would be until spring. When he tried this, he discovered small protuberances on the edges of the chickadee's tongue. The medicine woman Pretty Shield told a story about a woman who threw a stick at a chickadee that was pecking fat from meat drying on a rack. The chickadee told the woman she had better make preparations because she would soon die for this act of unkindness. The very next day, the woman was dead. Pretty Shield's grandmother, Seven Stars, had been there and had seen the incident. After the woman's death, the chickadee said to Seven Stars, Nobody who has a good heart ever mistreats a chickadee, and invited Seven Stars to meet it next day on the hilltop. Seven Stars, realizing this was a sacred invitation, went home and took a sweat bath to purify herself. Then she dressed herself in new buckskins and went to meet the chickadee. On the hilltop, seven stars watched as the chickadee rose up into the air, going higher and higher. Straight up into the sky it rose, 
and as it did so, it grew larger and larger until it was so big that it could grasp a buffalo calf in each claw. See this, called down the chickadee to seven stars. There is great power in small things. And then it flew down to earth and resumed its normal size. And so let us honor the chickadee, small though it may be in size, but great of heart. Blessed be, you've been listening to Earthwise, Reflections on Earth-Based Spirituality. I'm Anu Dudley. Mm-hmm.